everybody. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Two Half Squad. You can't be uh, that tired already. That's why we didn't go to see the one and only game. This <sighs> dedicated Sambaton concert. No, it's a dedicated to the uh, greatest game in the world. Advanced squad leader. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hi. Yep. 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 I'm yep. Joe. I'm Dave. <laughs> This is uh, show number 117. Obviously the second one of the night that we were recording. Yeah. (sighs) Ooh, got to work the kinks out a little bit. And um, wish we'd put on a fresh pot of Joe. (laughs) Hot Joe. So we thought to help us out, we'd just kind of go straight to letters. And then back to bed. We'll just snooze while the letters are going on. <laughs> wow. They're really going fast. Oof. Oh, it's just because you're tired, Jeff. Oh, I don't know if I can keep up. Ding. Everything, everything goes a little faster when you're, when you're tired. Ding. Life just speeds by. Ding. Ding. And the two half squads brought to you <laughs> by wonderful donations from listeners like Michael. Michael C. A lot like Michael C. Thank you, Michael. You know what? This is waking me up a little bit. I'm feeling I'm getting my second wind. Good, good. <sighs> we better hurry. I don't want to break my second wind. Nobody wants that, because this is a family show. You know, I never get tired of this music. What, what the heck? No, it's just very delightful. It's 116 episodes and still going strong. I think we've... I wonder how many times we've played this. Probably 100. Well? All right, let's get on with the, uh, the actual letters. I promise I will rouse myself. No, I'm really fine. I'm happy to be back, because... I like ASL. Yes, you do. And I have a letter from Grumble Jones. Oh, guy. Grumble Jones. I'm Grumble Jones. Says another great podcast. Some book ideas for brushing up on Korea. Now, uh, David Douglas Duncan's This Is War is one of the best photo histories of any war and really gives a great view of squad-level action in the early days during the retreat to Pusan perimeter. This was in response to our conversation about the Korean, upcoming Korean game. Yeah. And books we should start reading now, so we have a better appreciation for the game. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Hang on. Yeah. I'll be right back. I'm just going to run to the library. <laughs> well, not, not right now. Oh. And uh, he recommends John Tolan's In Mortal Kombat, possibly the best single history of the war that he has read. And he likes Max, Max Hastings' The Korean War, mm-hmm. another great telling with some great snippets around the British forces engaged in Korea, because it was a multinational force. About 80% was U.S. troops. Yeah, I guess I didn't really even know there were British there. Grumble Jones, that's not his real name, though. His, I don't I think, think his real so. name is, is uh, Grumble Smith. Yeah, he's changed his name. Yeah, John Toland uh, wrote At Dawn We Slept, I think, didn't he? Uh, I do not know. I think so. And uh, Max Hastings, yeah, I know who that Max is. Max is very famous. Listen to him a couple of times. Hastings on, interviewed uh, a lot on the podcast from the Pritzker Military yes, Library. Yes, right. Yeah. 
So yeah, we'll have to add those to our list. We're thinking, as I mentioned to you, Doug Grease and I are thinking of starting a World War II book oh, group right, yes. where we get together and read a book together. And suddenly I thought, wow, we, should, we could do it. Well, you mentioned it. We could do a podcast about it. I'm thinking. So let us know what you think, listeners, if you are interested in hearing us talk about and other taking guests. a book and reading it and other guests. So uh, Doug Grease got the idea going. I'm, I'm down with it. I like because yeah, I say that because I'm modern. We had thought of doing movie reviews and book reviews just on our own, but I yeah. think a roundtable type thing might yeah be might more, be better. And we're thinking be for the first book the the rather large <laughs> Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Yes, because um, some of us have read it, some of us haven't. Doug has not. Rich Spilkey is very interested in being in the group. He has not read it. I have not, and you have not, and probably a lot not, of our of listeners. Course. I have not. I've gotten about two hundred pages into it. Oh, well, you've gotten further than the rest yeah. of us then. Yes, so, nee, 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 nee. Yeah, sorry. Now, Michael Campfield sent us a letter that says, oh, Jeff, you should read this because Dave might have a problem with this. Oh, okay, all right. So I'll turn that one this. over to Turn it you. over to me. Hand that over. Michael Campfield, take that letter right there, and I'll jump to P.J. Norton. All right. Oh, saying the Museum Fest is 30 days away. Probably by now it's too late. Um, for the P.J. Norton announcement about the Museum Fest. It'll be May. So, right, it's happening, it'll be happening this month. This May release or this may come out in April. Nope. So, anyway, mark it for next year. Your calendars for Museum Fest. All right, I'll read this one from Michael Campfield. My name is Michael, and I live in New Hampshire. That's in New England, Dave. Actually, Jeff... You're lucky to have a good friend like Dave who helps you with the game. Oh. Which is true. I first bought ASL in the 90s, but because of work, law enforcement, and family, I only played one game. The scenario was Timoshenko's attack from the general. Three of us played the Russians against the best player who defended as the Germans. Three boards with no crossing or firing across to help other groups. The German got reinforcements that he could allocate to any board. The other two Russian players gave me a hand, but the German won. Thanks you, to your... Sh- yeah, those boards... Those are the one, You know what he's talking about? Yeah, the, the three boards are set like two inches apart from each other, so you cannot Get intermingle no from kidding. each board, and yet they're tied together. So it represents their further apart panels, yeah. I thought I'd seen everything. I, that is the only one like that. I have that, not seen to, everything. To my knowledge, yes. Quite ingenious. Thanks to your show, you know, um, there's a game that I like to play. I, I've played with uh, Bob Holmstrom and can't remember who else called Dungeon Twister. Oh, Do you right. You know Dungeon Twister? You've told me about it, I, and we were going to try and play it with the boys. Yeah, so bring it so over. We, you take these boards and you you set them out. There's, there's like six boards, and you put them next to each other, and then you move your characters through these boards. But the thing is, you can play a card, and it turns the board. So oh. you think you're going one way, and suddenly your opponent turns the board, and you're on the opposite end of where you want to be. Oh, okay. And I thought, wow, that, I suddenly thought, that'd be a great way to play squad later, <laughs> because it's not complicated enough. <laughs> and it wouldn't be very historical, I yeah, don't think, probably turning not. the board yeah. on your opponent. Yeah. But it's not compli- it's not it's not frustrating enough. It needs to be more frustrating. Uh going on with Michael's letter. Thanks to your show, I picked up the starter kit and rule book second edition. I'm learning to play solitaire for now. 
with the help of online tutorials and after-action reports. I especially enjoy the shows where you have Bob Holmstrom and or Rich Spilkey as guests. They're very helpful explaining rules and tactics. Please pass that on. And we invited Bob for tonight, but he had to work this evening. Oh, darn. I have sent a donation uh, for the pleasure I get from your podcast. And, Michael, we thank you very much for that. That's very nice of you. We're going to put that little donation to good use. We're buying a new car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pay for our bandwidth. Yeah. Or Gen Con. Yeah. Pay for our bandwagon. Yeah. Is yeah. that one done? Yes. The end. I have a letter Sorry. from Jessica and Jeremy, which I think is probably more from Jeremy. Come on, really? But this was they left this comment on Action Pack 9 and other stories, episode 114. But I, we really have to address it here. We don't want to misinform our listeners. He said, I wanted to get AP9, but thinking I'm not sure it's worth it because the horrible maps screw up. Though I was intrigued by the introductory landing craft scenario. What's he talking about? This is the action pack on the larger size boards. Okay. And what did we say about the back side and the front sides? Remember, they're printed on both sides. Right. And we said... We said, why? We didn't know why. Yeah, we didn't the, know why. The, the printing was, like, different. Yeah, the hexes were just different. Were numbered differently is all. But right? it, it's not a screw-up. No. So we want to make that very, very clear no, to yeah. all our listeners. That's right. Action pack 9 is intended that way. Yes. And a listener had sent in an explanation, probably coming up in the letters here, as to why they were printed why they did that. and reversed so you could use them in a more variety of ways. Ah, okay. So the back numbering system is an extension of what went on in the front, and it makes it more flexible. Okay. Well, it's, it's obvious that mine's immeasurably superior to ours. Came up with that, and so we and we're just like a couple of white mice here. Well, I shouldn't say that. Blind we, mice. We could, we could be any kind of mice. Doesn't have to be white. <laughs> we just happen to be white, but we're like a couple of white mice here in a maze, and people keep dropping cheese and different <laughs> boards and stuff, and we're just wondering like what it is. We're looking for the way out. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Don't they usually eat the cheese? <laughs> yes, you're right. They do. So that's a good thing. Yes, so it is. So the boards are a good thing yeah, to be dropping. Actually, in. and yeah, and if, if somebody drops some cheese on me right now, I'd be happy with that. Are you looking for a way out, Jeff? Are you thinking of leaving <laughs> this world soon or <laughs> no, something? No. no. Is there something going on no. I should know about? No, no, no. You're just very tired. Yes. I don't know why. I slept Cause, yesterday. Because we're getting old. We couldn't even get to the Sambaton <laughs> concert. Come on. <laughs> That wasn't it. We would have gone if it was something we'd really wanted to see, for, no, for if, instance. if it was on a Saturday night, we would have gone. Yeah. Mon- getting a Monday? Are you kidding? Yeah, it's pretty hard. Hard for me. really challenging. Yeah. <laughs> and I, to me, I have started napping. I have too. Yeah. And yeah. it's so, so suddenly there's something wrong with us. It's I, don't, I don't know if that's it or if we're just getting smart. Because I've read some articles <laughs> right, lately, honestly, yeah. and it says... No, no, right, right, right. It says... Sleep for crying out loud, people! Yeah, in the in the United States, yeah, get some sleep. Stop will running you? on six eight hours. to ten hours. No kidding, eight yeah. to ten eight, hours. Well, yeah, eight. start napping. Get your sleep. You yeah. you people are crazy. <laughs> they and, are, 
And I, I agree. I think maybe it's just kind of caught up with us. Well, I've been much better at getting good sleep. I'm no yeah. longer staying up as late. Yeah. I used to really push it, too. Um, and I'm not napping because I'm exhausted, which I think I was starting to, to do because, mm. you know, of being exhausted. But, um, yeah, now I'm getting a good eight hours most every night. Yeah, good. And Yeah, me too. Yeah, going to bed early. So you're not, you're not napping because you're exhausted? No, Why I, I think I'm just, just napping because I'm old. You love dreamland. I think I'm just old. Oh. <laughs> I could lay down and I, fall, I slept like just five to ten minutes before I came over, and I should not have. It made me a little groggy. Oh, really? Uh, that's yeah. Those are my favorite kinds, actually. Is... Yeah, it's better than the over 20 minutes, yeah. but still. Yeah. Can you finish? <laughs> <laughs> Can you finish letters for me? I can. <laughs> No, we, really. No, I'm kidding. You, well, which Who's one next? are you going to take? Jack Boyle. Go ahead, sir. Here's uh, from Jack Boyle. Here's my philosophy about letting people win or getting advice. Or should we should we hang on to this for the contest? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay. Uh, is, is it Mark Collin contest? It It is, yes. Yes, Sorry. it is. Go yeah. to Alan Hildebrand. Okay. Alan Hildebrand. Okay. Dear Jeff, uh, dear Dave and Jeff. I'm halfway through episode 111 and had to stop listening and send you a note. I'm sure at times you think your fans are not listening when you ask for feedback, contest ideas, voicemails, etc. Mm-hmm. We are listening, and the overwhelming majority of us majority of us truly enjoy your podcast as it is. Speaking for myself, I've often wanted to email comments to you, especially with the recent email from MMP on the imminent pre-order release for Hakapale. But life gets in the way. Finding time for everything you want to do is difficult, but please do not listen to Anthony. Anthony is somebody who posted on our website who said... Too much off task. Yeah, not not enough ASL talk. Anthony's entitled to his opinion and conclude that he no longer wants to listen. For me, his objection is the point of your podcast. Your banter and unstructured discussion is not just about ASL but how ASL specifically and gaming and history in general fit into our lives. It helps to elevate our minds above the horizon of the daily grind of incessant meetings, discussions, and work. And naps. And naps, yeah. You have the gift of being able to frame ASL and put it into the right context, reminding us how much fun this great game is and can be. Capture thought-provoking interviews uh, with the few people who work tirelessly to bring the game content to the many. Never have so many, owed so few, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm, that's right. Your show is awesome just the way it is. Thank you for the five-plus years of great banter. I hope you reach your goal of 200 shows and find the will to keep going after that. I also challenge all listeners to speak up now and let both of you know how much we value the two half-squads and the mark you have made on the game of Advanced Squad Leader. It would not be the same without you. Warm regards, Alan Hildebrandt, Calgary, Canada. That is an incredibly heartwarming letter. Yes. One of the nicest letters we've ever received and very touching. Yes. Thank you, Alan, sincerely. Yeah. Um, oh, it's Alan Hildebrandt. And you can tell how tired we're getting already. <laughs> so <laughs> Stop calling me sincerely. Thinking of not getting, getting to episode 200 because we're just too busy just, napping. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 200. But yeah, that's a it would great just be letter. Just snoring. That's a very, very, very nice I'm letter. Frame that. Really appreciated. And I always, I've always heard, you know, for every one person that writes, there's 20 people that don't write or, you know, 
So, and that's fine. Correct. Uh, but it's it's just nice to know when, when somebody does take a few minutes to write us. We love it, and we love to share it with everybody else because it's uh, it's a feel-good time. It's the feel-good time of the show. What keeps us going. Yeah. Oh, and here's the email from um, N.B. Asada. Is that Nelson Asada? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, regarding the Gary F-style map boards, this is Gary Fortenberry, designer of the Action Pack 9 map boards. Uh, the front uh, over. Over so oh, the side A, side B has hex columns labeled, labeled A through Q, and the back side B has hex columns labeled Q through GG. And then he says, "I will leave the topic of its merit to others." <laughs> so it doesn't sound okay. like he's found them to be helpful. Well, we're others. Let's we, let's discuss. But we haven't played on them other than oh, maybe once. I think. I guess that would. And we can't remember. Does that really eliminate us from talking about its merits? Yes, Just because we've never used them? Yes, it does. We're going to have it's to never wait. never stopped us before. It's going to stop us now. All right. Okay, well, let's make it, let's put it on our list of things to do after we read all those books about Korea. Let's play on those boards. Dave's writing it down right now. And you have a letter from me about the personal leader chart? Yes, well, this is actually from Rich Spilkey. Uh-huh, forwarded from Rich. Jeff and Dave, here's something fun from Jeff DeYoung that might be worth talking about on your podcast for a few minutes or so. Well, here we go. And thank you, Rich, for sending that along. Rich Spilkey, of course, winner of the ASL Open 2014. Correct. Wonderful. He wrote a nice letter yeah. to everyone, yeah. too, that I was going to read, but I chose not to. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is the. Um, do you want to cover this now, or you want to cover this when we talk to Rich? I have. Or do you care? Already, <laughs> actually, discussed this because it's in the A. Didn't I discuss this already? I. You this know, is from I, the annual. Actually, yes, you did, and that's why it sounded. I thought it sounded familiar, and I, I couldn't remember if Rich and I had discussed it on a previous occasion or not. But this is this is the idea of using Elan points. Right, and tracking your leaders as yes. they move through different scenarios. Yes, so you... Much you, like the old B-17 game. Remember, we I talked about used to have a crew in there. Oh, right, yeah. They survived yeah. a flight, then they, you know, they... Then they carry on to the down. next game. Yes, and so, um, yeah, it has the chart, and it, it was... Uh, now, I guess I haven't really looked at this specific chart, but... Um, but actually, this is not the same one from that. So I think it's maybe made to be used with it. It is from On All Fronts magazine, June 1989. And On All Fronts is a is one of the few early news zines that I did not end up getting and collecting all of them in the old days yeah. before you were born, Jeffrey. 1989. That was like 14 years ago. A long time ago. And so the land points would be like a plus six for destroying or directing a unit which destroys an enemy AFV. Now, again, let's let's so let's a take a moment uh-huh. and talk about what this is for the people that don't know. Yeah. So the, this this is the idea of you, you pick a leader, and you keep that leader through multiple games. Right. Yep. And you you can give them your name or whatever you want, I guess. But and you start or off with a you start off with a seven zero or something like that. Was that the idea? Well, I, th- I think in the original version we covered in the annual, yes. Yeah. But this one doesn't clarify that. Okay. Or not. And then and so as the leader survive, hopefully survives the game, he can gain certain Elan points, 
And then um, when he gains a certain number of points, he can... Ten. Okay. Then he moves up in... To a seven, neg one. Yeah. And then an eight, oh, and then an eight, neg one. Yeah, okay. And so on, right? And you keep him through multiple scenarios and hope he doesn't die. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, gotcha. So um, go ahead. Sorry. Accumulation of 10 or more cowardice points does not cause demotion. Oh. But it will slow down your advancement. Oh, okay. Good. And a personal single-man counter, which suffers a unit reduction due to ELR failure, may return in the next scenario at his former rank and takes a charge of neg-5 cowardice points. So if he gets, you know, ELR'd in a game, he can recover before the next game oh, okay. with just a minor penalty. Yeah. So you would get uh, plus six for destroying or directing a unit that destroys an enemy AFE. That's a pretty big deal. That's good. Single-man counter jumps yeah. in, rolls that two or something. Uh, plus three for engaging in close combat, which results in the elimination or capture of all enemy units in the location. Mm-hmm. Nice. Plus two, fire or direct the fire of an AT weapon, which destroys an enemy AFE. Plus one, fire or direct the fire of an AT weapon, which immobilizes the vehicle. And then a bunch of plus ones. Per enemy unit, which surrenders, uh, you become heroic. Each unit rallied. Oh, you get a plus one to rally unit. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Per scenario, victory is just a plus one. And so on. That's an interesting idea. Should I look at the cowardice points? Oh, yeah. That Uh, would be me. That would be starting off with the whopping negative eight, a total cowardice in the face of the enemy, removal due to a die roll of 12 or a rally attempt or breaking twice without a successful rally. Neg six, the unit or units in his location surrender. Mm -hmm. Neg two, per enemy unit that's captured and later escapes from under that. Oh, from under that direction. Okay. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. A uh, bunch of neg ones breaking under enemy of fire per occasion per support weapon which malfunctions. That seems brutal. <laughs> it's not my yeah, fault. Really, it, yeah, broke, really. Yeah. Per unit Blame rally it on the and per unit rally attempt under your direction, which has a fate die roll of twelve. Oh they, yes. You know, well, the guys run sense. away while you're yeah. trying to rally them. Yeah. Yeah. Half the yeah. squad. What did I say? Yeah. Yeah. And each unit failing a patsy under your direction. Hmm. So unit's refusal to obey would be the minor negatives as well. So, yeah, it definitely seems yeah, like it's kinda be cool. a fun little addition yeah. to that concept of carrying your leaders over. Yeah, kind of cool. Would you do it? I could do it. How, but how would it affect the outcome of uh, pre-made scenarios? Well, yeah, I guess that's <clears throat> that's a good question. Yeah, plus, I, and I don't know, I guess... I think probably what you'd have to do is you'd have to make an agreement with the guy you're playing with. You yeah. say, like, for this group of scenarios, let's use this Elan system. Otherwise, you know, it's not like you carry it around in your pocket and you go to somebody's house and say, oh, I, I brought my leader. Can't just plop it into <laughs> no. a game there. I'm up to a 10 egg 3 now. Yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. what always happens That'd to you? That'd be like going to play D&D with a, with a first-level group and you bring your level 10, 10. cleric. Yeah. And what always happens to your ten neg two leaders anyway, Jeff? Oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we when we do our what what have you been playing lately? Okay, I'll tell you. It'll be coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna laugh, Dave. <laughs> I'll take the letter from Eric Ortega, <laughs> and you could take the Vincent okay letter, and that'll finish off letters tonight. I think two more call in contest entries. So, folks, remember to call in with your story of do you let people win? Why or why not? Yeah. 
And Eric Ortega, again, chimes in with a little note about what the group is up to. He started in Illinois here. Since time I sent you the email asking for people to play, they're doing great. We just that ourselves could not be pleased with more with a response. Our first meeting is with six players. Two are new to the game. Their experience is now bearing fruit as they, in turn, are bringing new players to the game. Now, listen to that again, folks. Yeah. Of six players, two are new to the game. Yeah. And they are bringing new players to the game. And then so, they bring two new players. And then they bring two. And so and on. look what happens. And so on, yeah. So grow that hobby, folks. Yeah. Start, just invite everybody you know. Yes. It's not, It's okay if they say no. Yeah, it's really nice. Eric has really been, he is just like on fire down this there. Whole thing. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Nice work. Hi, Jeff and Dave. Hello. Hi, Jeff and Dave. Hello, Vince. I just want to say thank you for doing your podcasts. They're always interesting, informative, and yes, sometimes humorous. Your podcasts provide me with the opportunity to listen in while cutting, not clipping, my counters. Oh, I wonder what he uses. So far, all my fingers are still present, except the chop saw thing to my thumb. <laughs> but that's a different story. I really enjoy your interview segments, hearing about the inner workings of the ASL community and what some of the major publishers are working on. Well, we have some more interviews for you today. Yes, we do. With all the folks uh, you have interviewed, I thought it would be interesting to hear your interview. To hear you interview Ray Tapio. He's like the Howard Hughes of ASL, or maybe the Great Oz. He's a pretty large part of a, the ASL world, yet we never hear from him or his viewpoint on the hobby. Sorry I don't know him to give you a lead, but looking forward to it, if possible, someday. I don't know about others, but I do enjoy the rules section bits you do. Uh, helps to hear them again, and you usually include some real-world examples from a past game that helps clarify, clarify the rules. While my contributions to the ASL world are very small, some things I've worked on have come up twice in your podcast to positive comments, so thank you. Oh. Finally, I hope you donate to Mark Pitkavich's website upgrade so that he might finally add you to his site. Maybe if you start selling your podcast, you'd be worthy of an entry. Then we'd be marketing something, yes. yes. we would. Okay, done. Uh, okay, I'm done stirring the pot here. Best of luck and continued success. Success in the future. Thank you, Vincent. Very nice letter. Oh, yes, thanks, Vincent. And so should we send Mark Pitkavich some money? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we're in unanimous on that. Listeners, send us the money. Send us you the money, You are going yes. to send Mark. His site is just fine as it is. Yeah. And send Mark a little note saying, I was going to send you money, but I decided to send it to Jeff and Dave. Yes. That would be super fantastic. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to seeing Mark at Aslock. And the Ray Ta to Ray Tapio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tapio or Tapio. Yeah, his name goes way back. Is he with the Critical Hit guys, or he did a news? I mean, I, I know I've seen his I know name I've in seen print the name. a lot. Yeah, but um, I don't know where, from but he's, where. He's right, kind of like a Howard Hughes thing. I haven't seen him at a tournament or heard anything. So, Ray, give us a, a call, email us. We know you're listening, we'll, Ray. We'll interview you. That would be great. You know, the six degrees of separation thing. Somebody yeah. we know knows somebody that knows somebody that knows Hugh Jackman, who knows Ray. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, all right, that'll wrap up letters. And you're on the air. With? In the news, Jeff, it's the St. Louis ASL Tournament, July 25th to 27th, 2014. New this year, this tournament starts at noon on Friday. It used to not. 
So now it does. So make that adjustment to your schedules. Get that day off work. Okay, putting it in my day timer. That's right. This tournament will have two rounds played on Friday and two on Saturday and just one on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think he moved uh, three rounds Saturday by bumping up around to Friday. Oh, that's actually kind so, of a good idea. Yeah, only two rounds on Saturday. Going to give you more time to more? enjoy the other events. Yes. Which are your fee covers entry to the tournament, a $25 pre-registration by July 15th, $30 after July 15th, and uh, four free raffle tickets for Saturday night raffle. Nice. Giving away hundreds of pro- dollars of ASL products. How could, how could these guys always get all the free ASL products to give away? Do they buy them? I think they buy them. They don't get free products. Oh, but they could roll it into the fee registration. Fee. Yeah, yeah. And they how probably come get we don't donations? give away more ASL products. How come we don't? Yeah. That's, don't ask that. We don't buy them. Do not ask that question. Nobody donates them to us. Yeah. We have, we have given away products. We do, actually. yeah. Yeah, of course we do. Um, prizes for ASL bingo and Saturday night dinner covered in your Whoa. entry fee. Whoa. It's at the Best Western Kirkwood Inn in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Mo. And uh, you can contact, of course, Jim Burris, J.A. Burris with two R's, 11, at yahoo.com. I hear that's a great tournament, and I don't know if anybody uh, if anybody's thinking about it. But St. Louis is a great town. It's very, it's a very nice town, actually. It is. It it's is. We've cool. got the science. Um, the old train station's been redone. It's yeah. a really cool thing. Yeah, and if you're you're not too far the from Cardinals. the Churchill Museum there in um, Fulton, Missouri, I think it's, it's about forty five minutes from St. Louis. Worth the trek. Yeah. So, yeah. And a good tournament. And Jim Burris is a good guy. And a great guy, yeah. Jim Burris. I can't find our usual what have you been playing lately music. What you uh, going to do about found, that, Jeff, then? I'm going to take a little time To find some other what have you been playing lately music for ASL. What do you think? What you... Been playing lately. What you been playing lately? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Let me tell you what I've been playing lately. <laughs> I've been playing some ASL. We finished our God Save the King game. And it was awesome, don't you know? I've been playing some Tarawa. I got out the starter scenarios. Sing it, Brother Jeff. I can't stop now. I've gone so far. Dave, I've got to know. What have you been playing lately? <laughs> oh, this is a real song. Oh, <laughs> alrighty. <clears throat> you know what? The, the important you can tell thing, we're tired. The important thing is we're entertaining ourselves. It, nothing else matters. If anybody knew, it's a lot of truth to that. That this is what we do. You know, I don't want it to get out that. Tell my clients. 
Well, we finished God Save the King, and I think yeah, we, we were, did. We were going to talk about this with yeah. the guys in a roundtable format. Okay, remember that? Yeah. But I will say um, they cheated. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, did we win? We did not win, Dave. We did not win. We lost gracefully. We lost greatly and gracefully. Hey, yeah, we lost greatly too. Uh, yeah, it was OBA kind of a, it was just a pretty oh, brutal, brutal from the Germans. Yeah. I keep thinking we were doing that wrong because they were just laying it down. It seemed like 150 it. millimeter anywhere every on the time. board. Well, because it was at fourth level off board, I think. Yes, right. Which is nasty. Which is high. You can That's see very things high. like two hexes behind buildings and yeah. things. You're like, what? Yeah. Unless we did play it wrong. And they didn't, uh, you know, they never drew a red card. You no. know, I mean, their card draws were good. So it was brutal. But it was kind of yeah. fun getting Paul Verized. Was, and, yeah. And, yeah. In that fun sort of sort of massacre way. <laughs> and Dave Timmon and tracked the hours. It was 24 and a half hours. Yeah. We were not playing time. fast. No, but... We probably could have cut four hours off of that. Yeah, I you would know, think for, easily. Uh, yeah. Because there were times we weren't, all four of us, playing our end. We were kind of... Remember, Wait, I, I would say, yeah. why don't you two handle that right now, and we'll just handle this. Right. Pick it up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, good time. Yeah, it was fun. Very fun. I and would definitely so do it again. Maybe we'll do all the details on that scenario yeah. when uh, we get Mark and Dave in here and do a little roundtable And we're thing. talking about doing another one. Already. Aren't we? We yeah. got we got Several. out the... Um, yeah, we, we have got too many players. The, yeah. And not enough space. Got out the Valor of the Guards maps. Looking at that first bid. Yeah. And Which looks as like well fun. as you're looking at the tarot. High density. Yeah, so, I mean, Rich, Spilky, and I have sort of decided we're going to play Tarawa, and we think we have two other players that will play with us. And so we decided, because Rich has never played it, doesn't own it, has never seen it. Surprisingly, he has skipped a lot of the more complicated things, like naval landings and yeah. night rules, caves. Yes, and he's, he's funny because he knows the rules very well. Yeah. And he's a very good player, obviously. He won the ASL Open, so... He obviously knows what he's doing, but he's he's really funny. He's like, oh, he's reading the rules and he's calling me. Like, I don't know any of this. What do I do? I don't hinterlands. I can't. I don't get it. You know, beach landing. I don't understand the line of sight. So anyway, so we decided because Tarawa comes with um, scenarios, smaller scenarios yeah. to help you learn the rules. Plus, which, which I played the, all of them. The Tarawa um, Gamer's Guide, which we both you bet. have a copy of, has kind of a, a scheduled way of learning the rules so you play the first scenario which is the hawk and they tell you which rules to to read up in, on oh good okay so it says read these pto rules even though these are not really pto rules yeah because they're tarot rules they're tarot rules but some of the pto rules apply read these tarot rules read these desert rules you know relating to sand and stuff like that so anyway we got together we played the hawk scenario one which is, uh, you know, pretty short. It's just, it's only got uh, seven Japanese squads against six Marines and a half squad. Six Marine squads and a half squad. Takes a place on a very small part of the board, but the uh, the Japanese start off with four pillboxes. Oh, yeah. They're really dug in, and um, they get to set up some guy's hip, and the Marines can come in from any side, either from the beach or, or from the airstrip side or whatever. <clears throat> and they need to take those pillboxes. So Rich took the Japanese side, and I, of course, took the Marines and decided to hit them from both sides. Not all four sides, but two sides anyway. And it didn't go well for me. <laughs> and it's it's really a shame because I had a 10-neg-3 leader who starts off heroic. 
That's mighty. And which was sweet, mighty sweet. Which means what always happens to those leaders with you, Jeff. Well, what happened, <laughs> what happened was he set up a, a hip half squad, and that leader was hanging back a little bit. Uh-huh. And that hip half squad was in a hex that I didn't go through. Right. And searched and searched it. Popped up and killed my leader. Yeah. Killed him dead. Shot him and killed him. And he's Fun dead. for the Japanese. Yes. Not so fun for Not you. Not so fun for me. But um, I did have fun going against the hill- pillboxes. One of the fun things for me about pillboxes is coming up behind them. Yes. Because they can't shoot out. They're stuck in there. They are. Then you can just saunter right up with your uh, six with fire your power DC. and DC. Yeah. Even just the close combat alone, you get the six firepower Marines, eight, seven firepower? Uh, seven, yes. And against the four... Four firepower of the Japanese, yeah. yeah. You get the advantage in the CC almost all the time. Yeah. And I don't think you can ambush? No. From not a pillbox, not, right. No, not from a pillbox, right. So um, it was fun. And and the Marines also had a flamethrower, which I used to good use a few Very times. Fun. but. Doggone it. Ran out of fuel again. Roll a 10. Yeah. Rolling a 10, you think, wow. Yeah, it seems high, but... I only got one chance out of 12. Well, no, that's not actually true. (laughs) It's going to happen. It happens more often than that. Let's see, actually, it's... I should know this. But the chances of rolling a 10 are like... I don't know what the probability is. I was going to look this up. Oh, you have a mathematical chart? Yeah, I got one of these charts, which I just started reading. But it's obviously, there's, oh, here, it's 3 out of 36, so it's 1 in 12. It is 1 in 12. Okay. Boy, it sure seems, well, it can't one, two, be 1 in 3, 4, 5, well, 6. Well, it could one, be, I don't two, know. 3, 4, 5, 6. Yes, there are three ways to get 10 out of 36 rolls. That's 1 in 12. You well, lost. You, no, actually, it's, uh, of course, it's a 10, 11, or a 12. So there's six oh, ways. Oh, yeah, right. There's six ways to get it out of right. 36. So it's 1 in 6. Yeah, it's not just the 10. That's, there you go. There, it, it does anyway, seem more like one in six. Yeah, and that's very disappointing. I'd rather the guy got shot and blown up with it, and that would have been more interesting than yeah, just... Yeah, that's more fun. Yeah. Neg one when shooting at a, a flamethrower. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, that would have been better. But it was interesting, you know, learning how learning the the sand, the hinterland sand, the um, the coconut log wall, the seawall, yeah. the low seawall, which gives you some advantages, and... And whenever the Marines are, one of the nice things is when the Marines are on the beach, they're fanatic. Correct. So they they rally better. But Rich got a squad down on the beach, and he chased me all the way down that stinking beach. He did? Yes. We were running like a bunch of California schoolgirls <laughs> down that beach. He kept, he kept, we couldn't get rallied. He just kept chasing us and chasing us and chased us into a corner. We had nowhere to route. <laughs> Except into the ocean, which you can't route into the ocean. No, you cannot. So we got eliminated. So it was a it was a bit of a disaster, <laughs> but very fun. So if anybody out there is interested in in playing uh, Tarawa, this would be a good time to get it out because I'll be reporting on that a lot over the next few months. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yep. And um, you've been playing anything? Have I didn't anything? bring any scenario cards. Oh, okay. I don't think I have. I think. No. It was the big game. Yeah. And, oh, the Open, you and I right. did one. We already talked about that, I think. We played a Japanese scenario at the Open, a nighttime Japanese scenario. It's just like, that was intense. That's a lot of rules. 
got your star shells. You got your losing stuff. The, the, I mean, it was. There's a lot of rules. Checking my file here. And who won? That's the most important thing. Um, It wasn't if, if did we have fun. It's who won. Do you remember who won? Well, if you don't remember, I'm going to say it's me. It was me. Yeah, I don't yeah. have it in my file. No. Um, and it was from that critical hit. Um, yeah, Suicide. No, Hell's Corner. Hell's Corner, right. And yeah. we have one left in there yeah. to play. But it was fun. Yeah, we did get that done at the ASL Open, and that was fun. People kept coming by, giving their advices. Yeah. Advice. Pete Schelling came by. Yes, he did. Was very uh, pleasant. Mm-hmm. Brett Hildebrandt. Yep. We'll have to get interviews with them next time. Yes, so. we will. So that's what we've been playing lately. All right. Now we'll, uh, how about those interviews? We do those interviews next? Yeah, we have um, a very sh- brief little uh, touch base with um, Mike Stubitz and Bill Forg mm-hmm. of our local club, Paso Club. And yep. We interviewed them at the ASL Open along with the, the wonderful Lars Turing. A very important interview with Lars. Yeah. On the upcoming release of Hakapale. Supposedly Hakapala. Yeah. So it was very nice meeting Lars. Yes. So here's those interviews. Here you go. All right. We ran out of real people to talk to, so we grabbed Mike Stubitz and Bill Forg, right? Yep. They fell into our trap. Cardboard figure. Louder into there, Mike? What? Cardboard figure. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Correct. I got my own card. So you did not. 10-3. You got it. What? Well, a, a color printer is amazing. Oh, oh, let me see it Doesn't later. Count. Did you do that? Let me see that later. Um, and what is your record bill? Uh, I'm what? Two, uh, one and three. One and three. One and two. One and two. See, it's so bad he can't even remember. Hey, yeah. We went up to the last time, uh, up to uh, right at the stopping point, and I had to run, jump into the next scenario. So All right, Mike. Just taking a breather. Also one and two. Oh, hey, no hey. way. You were better I won, last year. Won my first game. Yeah. I clobbered Larry Zoltz again. Okay. Well. He didn't uh, pay back my uh, last time I diced him two years ago. Oh, okay. And he, I'm sure he intended to do so yes, when he, he saw did. that he was playing you and it fell apart, his whole plan to wipe you out. He was very gracious. Ah. Oh, good. Good. He wasn't the one that tipped the table over that we saw earlier today. So. Yeah, in the wrestling match. What happened to your uh, Blackhawks t-shirt when we walked in? Switch t-shirt, no. Switch to the ASL Open t-shirt. Very nice. A whole bunch of them in the room. (laughs) Must be all with the same group. Yeah, Yeah. we all kind of, except you have a chillin' (laughs) t-shirt that's not war-related. Similar. Oh, Jeff has a leave no no trace. trace. It's the same manufacturer. It is the same manufacturer. They're comfy. Yeah, they're very com- they're great. T- they're great. They expand around the middle where I needed it expanded around <laughs> yeah, the middle. It's so good against my Mike skin. Is, you know? You're looking good. Not that I'm looking at your body. <laughs> Trying to keep that midsection. Yeah, nice, nice work. Know, and Mike and I are looking forward to maybe starting up the Valor of the Guards yes. big, big game. Hopefully, we can get a man. We got a lot of people interested. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and so your opponent's waiting, and you're playing. Brett Hildebrand. Well, oh, Brett Hildebrand. Good luck. All right, guys. I mean, thanks for having me on. Thanks for talking again. We know you love to talk on our show. <laughs> thanks to us. Yeah. All right, we'll see you, Mike. Good luck in your game. Good luck. What is that? Uh, Mutton Jeff? Yeah, Mutton yeah. Jeff. Mutton Jeff is right. 
<laughs> and Bill, you're uh, playing who next? You know, tell you, tell you the truth, I'm so hurried I can't, I can't even remember. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you have any tips from a scenario you've played? Did you learn anything about how to play a particular scenario? Uh, let's see. The one we played uh, was essentially uh, the Germans had to take a, a let's see, what was it called? A crown of thorns. Okay. Uh, so the Germans have, uh, the Americans have to take a, clear out a, a church. Uh, I get some minefields in there when they first come on. And the tip, uh, my player used uh, the, his uh, squads riding the tanks, just you know, went right by him. Oh, uh, so ride so the tanks? Gets, yeah, riding tanks through minefield. That, that okay. makes AP, sense. AP minefield. It yeah, does make okay. sense. Yeah. 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 yeah so you know, that surprised me. And did, I, did, did uh, do you have any huge surprises? Did it come right down to the last? Or it came you... right, right down to the last. Yeah. Uh, I had this heroic squad who came back and and uh, dug out some uh, Panzerfaust, survived like three or four different tank, tank attacks in the woods and yeah. came back but and really put him in a, a, a world of hurt, but uh, it was, just wasn't enough. So we yeah. kind of essentially just hurried and called it. I mean, we were yeah. that, that rushed. So yeah. Fun. It's all oh, intense. Great. And I'll believe you, the fun games. You had talked with us before on the air, right? Uh, yeah, my house, yeah. house. Castle yeah. Yep. Club. Yep. And then you're working in a group more down south now. Yeah, it's just starting up. Eric Ortega, yep. too? Yep. And, um, yep, Eric Ortega. Yeah. So any listeners in, it's not southern Illinois. It's, well, it's western suburbs. Yeah, yeah, what, which is not southern Illinois. For no. Those no, of no, you no, no, no. Who aren't from Ch- the Chicago, Chicago area. It's northern <laughs> Illinois. But if you're from that region yeah. of Aurora? Yeah, Aurora, Naperville, Geneva, I think. Yeah. yeah. You maybe contact maybe uh, us and we'll get you in touch with uh, Bill or, yeah, or Mr. Or, Ortega. Yeah. Yeah, Eric's really taking the lead. He's so yeah. gun ho. It's amazing. He is. Have his uh, he's got a lot of energy. We haven't talked to him yet, but yeah, we'll you try to, to grab him this yeah. time. Yeah. He came so. up once to my place now. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and he left we he was the most talked about person who had left. Oh yeah. <laughs> like Bill Fork showed up when he left, we all went, What a nice guy. We like that Bill Fork. And then we were done with talking about you. He left and we were like, All right, he's that boisterous. was that was an experience of loudness yeah, and, we, yeah. and keeping things um, exciting with sound yeah, effects. He, he gets into the game. He, yeah. he lives lives the game. Yeah, and what a nice guy too. He is good. Everyone is so nice. We just keep yeah. saying that over and over. Yeah. Well, thanks for stopping by. Stopping it. by, yeah. Love the show. And good luck to you for the next for the next round. Yeah, yep. you're playing Thank you very much. Brett. We hope you win. Not that we don't like Brett. We like Brett, but he's no, not but from our region. No. Brett's won enough. Yeah. I think you deserve a win. <laughs> he's actually won the whole tournaments, Brett. No, I'm not playing Brett. Oh, you're not? No. Who's playing Brett? Stubitz. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Stubitz is playing an attorney winner. Yeah. Brett's won. Well, but he must be one in... One and two, though. right? And so. it, it, you know, it can turn it on, yeah, yeah. quick. Yeah, so yeah. that's so. why we always tell people to roll low <laughs> and rally well. Yeah, yep. but not when you're playing us ever. So no, it's not the end of the show. It's the end of Bill, though. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. See you. Jeff is the only one hearing what I'm saying. That's right. And I'll translate for Dave. <laughs> and so we have with us now Lars Turing. Lars Turing. Hi, there, guys. Who is a familiar voice from the very early days of the two half squads, long ago, long episode ago. thirty or fifty or I think it was twenty five. Within the first thirty yeah. shows, yeah. wow! That's back when I had brown hair and Dave had hair. Yeah, <laughs> and we had talked about a new product coming out very very soon. Yeah, in playtest, and that was called. It was Acapella. 
Acapella. Yeah. Yeah. It still seems like it's a new product. It, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember getting it yet. No. So, you, miraculously, Lars is here at the open, and he can give us an update. Yeah, actually, it's already out, but we left you guys out of it. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh. And the biggest, the biggest trouble was fitting Dave's name onto a counter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, uh, work is in progress, and uh, Chapter 8 is being laid out, and uh, Perry said he wants to have it up on pre-order this summer, so maybe, as look, winter (laughs) offensive. So Lars Lars does say maybe. Lars has had to postpone his retirement until uh, whenever Perry puts it out, because all the money it generates. Oh, yeah. I can sell my free copy on eBay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you also had a co-worker on that, right, that we always forget? Yeah, it's Tumo Lukari from from Finland. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we want to say thanks to him also. He's not here today. No, he's doing a lot of work. Now, have you been to the ESL Open before? No, this is the first time here. Okay, wow. And Having fun, lots of fun, yeah. great tournament. It's great that we get we we often get uh, guests from overseas. A couple of years ago, when Dave and I were here, there were a couple of guys from, or maybe four or five guys. No, a couple of guys from Sweden. Remember? Yes, yeah. indeed. I know so, uh, Matthias has been here. Matthias from yeah, Friendly Fire. It. Yes, exactly. And I think also uh, Robert Maglitsia many many years ago, but I'm not sure on yeah. that one. Yeah. Or maybe in Detroit. I'm I'm, I'm not one hundred. So as tournaments go, as a world traveler and as tournaments go, how does this one rate for you? It's good. Nice playing and uh, lots of good players here. Yeah. All, everybody's very nice. Is there, are there players that come here that you, that you think, ooh, I would love to play him? Like Bob Bendis or somebody, you know, that has kind of a reputation among the tournament circuit? Can you repeat? Uh, Can are, you? There, are there players here yeah. that you've always thought, oh, I would love to play him? Look forward to that playing against. Yeah, I, I played against many of these before. I played against Rob. I played against Paul Sidhu and and many of the others. And great games and yeah. having fun. And Do you basically, learn? ASL is always fun. Yeah, it's yeah. always fun. Yeah. Do you ever learn anything yeah, new? <laughs> I guess everybody <laughs> learns something. Yeah. You can't do a tournament without remembering something new or learning a new trick or. Yeah, yeah. I like to hear you say remembering a trick because that's always crazy. Uh, we mentioned on a show, Jeff and I actually played a, a game and got a sniper attack, and <laughs> I said, oh, a sniper, it's a it's a one, so it hits the, the guy that's moving, and he gets uh, broken, and so we flipped it over, and then we got another sniper later, and we, and we looked, both looked around for the sniper counters. There were none on the board. We forgot to... <laughs> We were making up our own game. I don't know. We were right, like, right. I guess because I was moving the guy at the time the shot went off, I just went, oh, it's that guy. And I, yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable mistake. Mm-hmm. And yet, 20 minutes later, we're both fully aware that we need yeah. to find a sniper counter at the same time. Crazy. Well, maybe uh, that's, that's just... the last time I'm going to smoke those funny cigarettes before I play <laughs> yeah. with Dave. I don't know. <laughs> you got to keep those to yourself. Part, man. <laughs> it was just a normal, we weren't even drinking. But, um, yeah. So, so as far as the acapella goes, is it um, fairly much intact from what I experienced as a playtester? Uh, yeah, it, it's fairly intact from that. There's been very few rule changes. What is happening now is there's some clarifications being done, making sure that the text which goes in the rule book is saying exactly what you leave, and uh, you have to check up against loopholes uh, with the others. And uh, we're working uh, this. Uh, I think you know Klaus Malmström from Game Squad. He's 
great input on that. Perry does a big job, and and Chess and and uh, Jr. is also involved in in looking at that, making oh, everything watertight. And yeah. Jr. Tracy. Yeah. Okay, so it's just really like getting re- rewriting and just making sure. Just making sure, going over through all the text and making sure that what is being said is what we wanted to say. And uh, someone comes up, but what about this in, in a different context? And uh, just making sure that it fits into the rule book everywhere. It's, yeah. it's really a huge job. Yeah. Even when you think you're done. Yes. And so having said that and having been through that now, are you? do you have some ambition to do another such no, historical never again. piece? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I have, a, I have a started on a historical module, but uh, I am not sure because it's, it's really a lot of work to do on your own and MMP has so many other projects uh, coming up in the pipeline. I, I have to think about it. I, I'd like to see HP out of the window first and then, uh, yeah. or out of the door and then we... Relax and enjoy it. See what see what happens. But you do kind of have something in mind. Yeah, I do. It's can a, you, it's can a, you tell us? Yeah, it's uh, in in forty four during the the summer offensive when the Russians tried to uh, crush Finland a final time at the same time as the D Day went off in Normandy, and uh, so part of the Fint they they let the Germans alone so they could move divisions over to France from the Eastern Front. Mm-hmm and uh, also maybe to take care of the Finnish problem once for all but uh, and the final one of the final pushes there is uh, to make uh, a river crossing and uh, getting into Finland through a back door and that's a vicious fight it was a place for vicious fighting in uh, in the winter war so scenarios for scenario possibilities for both the winter war and and the end of the continuation war sounds cool actually yeah. sounds very cool yeah and then Hakapella will be again the fins on the gray color, right? It looks like it. All will be and and then did you said something about a Kleinschmidt counter, but there's no Germans in there or no, we'll see what happens. It's oh. a long name to fit on a counter. No, there that is again that long name <laughs> thing. What's with that long long name thing? Oh well. But I, supposedly, I got the Klein and the Schmidt from the starter kit. That's what I what I heard. I, I don't but know. But I think everyone's just making that up to get me to shut up and, and think that I actually have counter made. We were so. hoping. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. But it was a good experience playtesting. I did like it, and I haven't done it since. It's time maybe to start again. MMP you. can always help. Yeah, and, and my opponent was Dave Timonen for that whole process because he's Finnish, mm-hmm. actually Japanese Finnish. Yeah, so okay. he looks very Hispanic, yeah. um, rather Hispanics. No offense, Dave, if you take offense at that. Um, but um, so he's his Timonen side. He really likes the Finn. So when I mentioned this, he said, "Oh, I'll love to do that with you." And then he um, is saying, "We are going to play them all again as soon as it comes out." All right. So. Yeah. But these will be some of the scenarios I'm actually going to end up playing three plus times uh, once we get through them all again. So it'll be plus fun. A few, uh, plus a few, which you didn't do before. There's going to be a few new ones. No. and yeah. Now, we actually recorded a ASL Extra show where we replayed one of the ones we did. Oh, that's okay. right. We recorded it, put it in the can, talked to uh, Perry and Chaz, and they said, you know, we said... Could we put this out in advance mm-hmm. to like get uh, excitement up? Or and he said, "Well, you know, why don't you hang on to it and then just release it like as soon as the game's out? So it, it'll have the wrong color counters in the pictures. <laughs> All right, but it will hopefully that scenario is included. And I don't, I forgot what it was even, yeah. but it's in the can, so it could be the day after yeah. this is released. 
will post the ASL extra playing one of the scenarios. And oh, you recorded that on reel-to-reel tapes. Because it was, it was so that long, long ago. ago. <laughs> or no, it was cassette tapes. Yeah. 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 Now, when you did that, uh, who did the maps for the Hakapali? Uh, there's only one in, in uh, HP, and it, it was woods. already done before, yeah. The oh, wooden it board, was. Yeah, yeah, it was already for, done. For Just some reason, there was this board, 53. It was all woods? It's, I think it's, uh, I have to know, actually. 52, 51. Yeah, one of those. And it had, had been done uh, long before, because we talked about oh, we talked about it in connection with, uh, with the finished module, but it got into another module. So it got out as the first board or whatever. But then you couldn't get it. No, and then they printed it up, and... Uh, yeah. Now that I printed it up again. Yeah. And, uh, so okay. when I was like, I didn't. Okay. Ha- I think I didn't have it. And so then when I started playtesting, I got emailed the board or something. I don't remember. So Maybe. I could play yeah. on it or I got it somewhere. I had to go order it or, yeah. I ended up getting this board that um, I didn't know I was quite missing because it was a weird board that wasn't in a product. And it's perfect for the woods, you know, in Finland and stuff, so... I'm intrigued by this other project that you're kind of talking about. Is there anything that we could do to participate? I, ha- I have to say, I've, I got basically the rules together in the, the order of battles, and oh. uh, so I have to do the scenarios, and then uh, just printing up a playtest map is like 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. So if you want five different playtest groups, that's 500 just to... And then you have to find people who are dedicated and stick with it for a year. So yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what it's going to... To live with, and when you decide to do something like that, do you post? Do you post that somewhere, like on Game Squad? Say, I'm looking for people to participate in this project. No, I haven't. I haven't asked for people to do it. I want I know to you have. Haven't yeah, yet, yeah. But, but when you do, do, do you I just probably ask? would do something like yeah, that. The, okay. the map is already there, actually, oh. in one of the the threads on uh, the mapping program Hextro. Oh, so okay. You, yeah, so you can find a, a miniature overview of the map there. Oh, so it's cool. already done. Yeah, cool. Very, very fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be. Uh, I'd like to know more about that when that comes up. Please keep us in the loop. I would let if you know. you decide to. If something yeah. happens, I'd let <laughs> if, you know. If we're still alive, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what's your record like here at the Open? Now I'm two two to one. Two to one. Yeah. All right. And what's coming up next? Do you know? I'm playing uh, uh, Doug Kirk in a, in a Japanese scenario. One of the new ones from Gary Fortenberry. I think it's from To the Bridge. Oh, okay. okay. So I got a few wounded uh, Japanese leaders and some striped squads, and he's attacking with support from uh, a simulated motorboat with a mortar and a heavy machine gun. We'll see how that goes. Right. I've th- I think that was one of the scenarios we talked about the other day, Dave, on our show. Uh, we did, because we opened yes. up the game and did a review, a quick up. overview. Did you get a chance to play it before now? No, nothing. Okay. I haven't played any of the games so far. Yeah, okay. Any of the scenarios. Normally, when you go to a tournament, do you try to play the scenarios in advance? Do you try to get the list? Or no. Do you, you don't go that far. <laughs> yeah. That's for I don't, I don't have the time for that. <laughs> you know, I've talked to some people, and they yeah. say, oh, that really doesn't help. They like to do it, but it either helps or it doesn't help. You know, it's just I, like I imagine there, there's it, too many variables. I, I, I think it helps. If you have played a scenario once or twice before, you have a better grasp of what's happening on the boards. Yeah. I'm sure some players can get a good, good overview of uh, just looking on the scenario cards, but if you played it once or twice, that's that's a different thing. Yeah. Unless, unless you played a lot of games, then you probably can look at a board and say, oh, this is very similar to another scenario I've played in the past. And I remember I have to move quickly, or there's a good chance to be do flanking or something. Or, but yeah, it would depend on the opponent's setup. But yeah, 
I haven't heard a lot of screaming uh, in the last couple of hours. No. It's because there were some pause and everyone was eating. That must be it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting that. I mean, I remember that from the last couple of years as it gets toward the end of, of any particular uh, game period. People start Go getting on. a little loud and screaming right. and yeah, gnashing of teeth and tearing of clothing yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Looks like somebody's brought more stuff in for the raffle there table. There are some model kits now on the raffle yeah. table, too. Well, yeah. I could go for that to add to my stack of models that I haven't Uncompleted started yet. Uncompleted model kits, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I like to leave them pristine. I, I found, uh, actually, since I started working on Hackapella, a lot of the funny tanks and so on, they're available, actually, as kits from Tamaya. You can buy the, oh, the Stooks with finish uh, markings and so on. Okay. And you can get a... Uh, some of the captured BT-7s, they put their own tower on, so it looks like a KV-2, but they used the, the British 140mm gun on it, so it's a big and clumsy thing. You can get that as a model, too, and, uh-huh. model too, and, and many of the Aerosons, too. Okay, and Aerosons, too. Those are the yeah. uh, fan-propelled, the, is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Right. Fan-propelled sleds. I'll have to be on the lookout for those. That's that really, sounds really, really cool. cool looking thing. Yeah. yeah, and then you throw a smoke grenade in there, and it makes a big trail of smoke across the <laughs> battlefield. Great, blowing it out there, great, great smoke screen. They make a good movie. Absolutely. <laughs> so we were talking at lunch, uh, talking about your your kids, boys, young mm-hmm. men, really, mm-hmm. and how they you you haven't been able to get them into ASL, but they're into. Uh, Warhammer. No, sadly, we tried. We played a few starter kit games, and uh, they like it, and it's fun. But it's, uh, uh, I think, it's missing the the attractiveness of uh, like uh, miniature gaming. Yeah. Like uh, Warhammer 40k, which we're doing. Uh, video games is also a competition, and uh, I think it's hard to find other things for the kids to to really play. Yeah. We do play other. Bo- board games, Europe, Settlers of Catan, things like that. Ah, and, uh, nice. But uh, a five, six hour ordeal of ASL seems to be... More than they can yeah, handle. Yeah. yeah. And do you do you paint with them? Do you paint the miniatures with them on the Warhammer stuff? Yeah, we, we're into 40k. That's great. It's great fun. You yeah. spend time painting together and then you play together and having fun with your kids. It's a rare thing and something I'd like to enjoy as long as possible. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that continues. Yeah. Well, uh, will you, do you plan to be coming to any more uh, tournaments? Uh, Aslock is uh, still a maybe okay. in October. It's yep. always great fun. It's uh, really big and you can do whatever you will for a whole week. Mm-hmm. So if you overload the first few days, you can make a small break and, and play on it. If you do a weekend tournament, you don't have that luxury, but at yeah. Aslock you can really do it. Yeah. That's a big fun. You can play all night, too, if you want to. Yeah. And tournaments in Europe, any coming up that you like to go to? Uh, I went to the, the tournament in uh, Copenhagen end of uh, February, and it's uh, they were in a new location, which was uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, glass roofing, so the light was oh. perfect light. Oh, nice. And uh, you play in the same stage. It's like a hostel, so you, you play in the same place which you sleep in and so on. So it works really, it's, it's really highly recommended. Is it hard to sleep with all the noise of the dice in the jars going? <laughs> no, no, it's not in the same room. <laughs> oh, okay. It, it used to be. In the, in the older days, you, really you, you could play in the, in the gaming room. So when you were finished, you would find an unused corner of the playing room and <laughs> try to scr- ignore everybody screaming and playing. And, uh, that is hardcore. Well, I know in yeah. college, I used to 
wake up and I was under the um, foosball table for a while. And <laughs> sometimes I'd wake up on couches and think, how did I get on the couch here? And where am I? Yeah. And then I'd remember and go find my way home. So sleeping in odd places, I, mm-hmm. I got pretty used to. Mm-hmm. So. My only memory of gaming, uh, because there really wasn't much gaming going on when I was at the university, was uh, I went over to visit a friend, and there were five guys playing Risk in the elevator. No. So they had set up a table in the elevator. Yes. And it was uh, one of the high-rise dorms, and they played Risk. <laughs> going it up just and went down. up and down and up and down. Yeah. Only kind of, I guess it seemed fun at the time. Amazing, yeah. Yeah. To have done it once. Yeah, great. Well, we appreciate you stopping by. My pleasure. Really great to see you. Good to see you too. Yeah, and uh, good luck on your next game and the rest of the tournament. Yeah, in fact, Lars was playing um, Mike Stubitz when we walked in. So we already talked about seeing Mike through the doorway with his head in his hands yeah. staring at the game board and with the sweat um, dripping off his face. We walked up and greeted him and then we turned to this other guy and he said, I'm Lars Thuring. And right away my brain's going, okay, wait a minute now. This is the one who I, I know really well, so it has to be Acapale. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, I was just clicking and so I was really glad to see you. And I can say that Lars Thuring handed me the ketchup and mustard at lunch today. <laughs> it's my claim to fame. I'm sorry I missed that shot. It's my claim to camera. fame. Absolutely yeah. my claim to fame. Yeah. I failed one thing. If I had thought about it, I would have brought you some beer, so I'll do that the next time. Oh! oh. Next time. Yeah, that's my fail. Yeah. Well, the thought, the thought is almost as good. And several people Thank have. You. It's been very entertaining. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Burris a good idea. brought yeah. up some from St. Louis. They right. have the, um, it's no longer the famous St. Louis brewery Anheuser-Busch. There's a Schlaffy's, which is a local brewery that's very famous now there. So it was, it was good. Yeah. Well, we, maybe we'll see you at Aslock, and we'll expect to get some beer there. Well, we'll see each other again. Sooner or later, I'm maybe sure at this tournament next year. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, we're Thank always you. at this one. It's right. too easy to not to miss. Yeah. So, Thank thanks you again, much. Lars. Thank, Thank you. you. Good luck. Thank you, Lars, for taking the time out of your schedule to chat with us there. Yes, indeed. Thanks, Lars. That was fun. And now, we don't have any music for movie reviews, do we? We do. I'll put it in right here. Oh, let's put it in. Valkyrie. Or do you say Valkyrie? I say Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Sounds very German. Yeah. And should I start off, Jeff? I have quite extensive notes. Yes, please do. Um, I I thought there were many in this film. Overall, loved the film. Yeah, great film. If you haven't seen it, it's Tom Cruise, Kenneth Branagh, Tom Wilkinson, Wilkinson, Bill Nighy. Wow. Trying to remember who else. That's good off the cuff. I don't remember anyone but the lead guy. But Tom Cruise? Yeah. Yeah. All in a film about von uh, Stauffenberg. Stauffenberg. And and their attempt to assassinate Hitler and take over the Third Reich. A very famous uh, event in history. Yeah. That my students love hearing about. Yeah. Everyone loves to hear, oh, people try to kill him. Yeah, even German army guys. Oh, wow. You know that. 
add some uh, element of uh, zaniness to the whole thing. Yeah, and it's really a topic that hasn't been covered in a movie before, other than just uh, sort of offhandedly here and there. But the whole movie was about it. So, yeah, what did you think, Dave? Well, um, I, I did take some nice notes here, and if we'll see if I can remember. I think I'd watched this four months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how long it takes for us to get to something yeah. on this show. Yeah, We always have things in the to-do stack and a ton in the done stack, but not recorded yet. Um, I like the transitions. Uh, for example, Stauffenberg talking to himself, then the camera pulls back, and he is, ends up talking. You see he's talking to the dude in charge of plot of the plotting group Olbrecht I wrote down mm, mm-hmm. so he's talking to himself and then it pulls back and it's transitioned right into the next scene where he's talking to a group yeah or the leader of the group yeah really clever yes clever um I like the pacing of the film I don't remember what I meant by that but pacing uh, I like the Die Valkyrie uh, the Va- Wagner music Dun, 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 dun. I always love that mm-hmm, tune, mm-hmm, of course, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were some really fascinating sound. Do you, do you know which oh. opera that's from? That is from The Ring. Yes, which one? There's four in The Ring Ooh, cycle. I do not know. It's called The Valkyrie. Oh, the whole episode is. <laughs> that's the whole opera. Yeah, the opera's called that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Cool stuff. Uh, but sound transitions, if you go back and watch. Tinkling sound of tools on a hard surface melded into the sound of a of a telephone ringing. Hmm. Machine gun going off mm-hmm. melded into the sound of the typewriters oh, as wow. it transitioned between scenes. So the sound editor guy, I thought, was just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, nice camera work, moving shots a lot. Not the kind where it's. You know, the live camera that bobbles around. But yeah. The, the planned moving shots. Yeah, I would agree with you. The, the I like the camera movement a lot, too. And and directors sometimes have a tendency to go over the top with that. Yeah, they do the handheld cam, and it's very bobbly. Or they do a lot of spinning camera, a lot of spinning around and forced perspective and all kinds of stuff. And this had none of that. None well, of that. I did notice that the camera circles the room and then lands on a character in this one scene. Yeah. But I, I do know what you're talking about with the spinning thing. There was yeah. an episode of Doctor Who I recently saw from season five, maybe, uh, that did a really nice job with that, but there was a reason for it mm-hmm. where the the characters would turn and look and the camera would move in with them. And, and it... But yeah, there was a reason for it, yeah, and it, and it worked really well. It wasn't yeah. like overly done and crazy. So, oh, D- um, oh, D- does it portray the assassins as too noble? I don't know if you thought of that when you were watching. I did. I did think of that. And I, you know, I I suppose if I had one problem with the movie, it was that part that these were, after all, German officers. And we are sort of conditioned to consider all Nazis as the bad guys. Correct. But in this case, they were, if somebody had to be the, the protagonists, these guys were the protagonists. They're also known as the good guys. And it it did make me wonder, not really, I wasn't really uncomfortable with that, with sort of rooting for them, Mm -hmm. Um, but 
it it did I did definitely notice it and it was a little bit distracting almost because it almost took me out of the film by so I think even filming this top this particular subject was kind of, of a brave thing to do because how do you pull that off how do you have the audience empathize with the protagonists without that uncomfortable Yet. feeling like ooh I'm liking Nazis I don't want to do that yeah. I'm not going to watch this anymore I'm going to leave the movie and so, um, but you know, they did, they did purposely leave some things out. They didn't talk about the Jewish situation or atrocities or things like that. So we never really got on that side of, of what Germany was doing. And I guess it does bring forth the idea that not all German officers were were pro Hitler of the same cut, yeah, and and certainly not in all respects, and so and I think Stauffenberg, von Stauffenberger actually was upset about the things that were going on. He was he thought it was very um, it was disgraceful to yeah, the German true. people, and I think that is true. Early on, to, to even even early on in Hitler's career, he was not mm-hmm. really that happy with him. So yeah. Yeah, and then I, I added, were some of them in it to save themselves from the Allies? Could very well be. In the end. I don't remember why I wrote that. But. Yeah. I, I think they wanted to save Germany. I think they wanted to, I think they thought their cause, at least partially, was noble uh, as far as wanting to bring the German people up out of the the slump they'd been in, for lack of a better word, since World War One, and um, mm-hmm. thought that they could allow... Uh, ally with the allies and pull that off. Of course, that would mean they were, you know, I think what they were thinking was they would ally with the Americans and then fight the Russians. Correct. Which yeah, and which was of, offered by the Germans in various points yeah. to the allies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, then I, Laura yeah. watched it with me and she found it really suspenseful and she mm-hmm. loves a suspenseful film like that. Even telephones ringing in this were suspenseful. Yeah. I don't know if you remember now. I know it's coming back to me. Yeah, the phone would ring and be like, oh, oh yeah. no, the phone's <laughs> ringing. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. So they did a nice job with that. Uh, she didn't like that she knew this would have a bad end. Yeah. But, oh, well, how would you do with that? I don't know. Well, uh, that's, um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I went into this thinking, I know how this ends. Am I going to like this movie? And then I think of other movies that I've seen, like Titanic. Obviously, we know how that ends. Yeah. But that was a great movie uh-huh. from stem to stern, <laughs> if I can use that metaphor. And Robin and I watched the other night Argo with Ben Affleck about the, um, about the hostages in Iran back yes. in 1980 and how yes. the six of them uh, escaped through the British embassy. I think it was six of them. And that was, we know how that turned out, and that was a nail-biter. It was a great film. Too. And this, too, it absolutely pulled it off. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat through a lot of this movie. Yeah. Valkyrie yeah, did, did a great job. I'm glad we agree on that, because yeah. now that I'm reading that about even the phones ringing, where's responsible, yeah, it's coming back to definitely. me. Definitely. Um, yeah. It seems a um, to give a thorough coverage of all the necessary aspects of the plot. Uh, the mobilizing of the reserve, the new command structure, yeah. et cetera. And I really like the scope of the film. Meaning? 
I don't know, but I like that I used the word <laughs> scope, scope of the film. It sounded really cool. Maybe you it? were looking at it through a scope. Well, I think, I Did mean. Did you watch it through a periscope? Don't I mean those things? The mobilizing the reserves, the new command structure, how it covered both the actual individual lives of the people. It covered the larger picture of yeah, okay. once this happens, what would happen to the military takeover. Yes. It was mentioned. It had to be, I wrote it down. It had to be mentioned, but I don't yeah. remember now that it was mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And during the first Wolf's Lair attempt, was there a first assassination attempt that failed at the Wolf's Lair in the opening? Mm. Um, well, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember. Something well, they hiding happened. in the forest waiting to get him, and then it didn't work? Yeah. Something happened. Like, Kenneth Branagh was out yeah. trying to achieve something that failed, and he had to pull back. And I, can't, I actually can't remember at the moment what happened but i wrote there was got a, shipped off i wrote there was a mosquito killed by a cigarette and then shots of soldiers in the trenches and some had netting on their heads apparently it was buggy in the forest there oh, I wrote yes <laughs> i think it was which i guess you never think of that yeah in the aspect of waiting in the forest of the wolf's lair um i don't know yeah but but very suspenseful when the first plot may be discovered the wine bottles when General Keitel reamed out, when the General Keitel reamed out does not join the plotters. I don't know what I meant by that. But agrees not to turn them in. Is that Keitel? Did Keitel do that? Do you remember? Um, what and I'm remember? Yeah, I'm remembering now the bomb in the Wolf's in the bottle failed. Yeah, was there? That was the the bomb that Kenneth Branagh. Okay. Had to get back. He had to get that. It was a brandy, I think, or something. Oh, okay. He had to get that back. And that was suspenseful. And then, I, of course, I mentioned the battle scenes, because this is an ASL podcast. Uh, the nice opening battle scene in Africa. Excellent opening battle scene. Yeah. Oh, and some say the film didn't show the evil of the regime enough, which you just mentioned. Yeah. Right? Um, but I don't think that's true. Oh, but I can't back that up. Well, I don't know that it actually has a bearing on the movie. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. I don't think that was the point. Yeah, I don't remember what I meant by this. Maybe I yeah. meant that wasn't the point of it. Or, yeah. Because I, yeah. But, and Tom Cruise, I wrote a fine actor, maybe understated performance. Um, I, I guess I typically don't think of him as a fine actor, but coming out of this, I did. Well, it's, uh, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Uh, well, in, insofar as I almost always think I don't like Tom Cruise. Yeah, I tend to think I always that. think, I don't like Tom Cruise. I don't like Tom Cruise. And yet, I can't think of a movie that he's made <laughs> that I haven't liked. Uh-huh. I mean, there probably well, are some. I, he's made but, a lot of movies. Yeah, but come on. But he's made some great movies. Last uh, Samurai. Yeah. The, Amazing movie. The one with... War of the Worlds. Yeah, I was going to say War of the Worlds remake. Amazing. Um, the, um, the one where he's uh, the uh, precogs. Oh yes, uh, Minority Report. Yeah, excellent movie. Really good. Yeah, you know. I mean, Born on Fourth of July. Yeah, excellent movie. Um, the one where you complete me, uh, Jerry. Dwight Jeff thanks. Jerry. Dwight. Yes, you complete me, Dave. <laughs> you could also complete my sentences. What was that? Oh, Jerry Maguire. Okay. You know, I think I just overall, one, he's a but... really good actor, and I was wondering if he could pull this off. I guess um, if I had to criticize he... something, and uh-huh. I, I go do ahead. like to criticize stuff. When I'm watching a movie about Germans, I kind of would wish everybody spoke German. 
uh, or with a German accent, maybe. Oh, as the actors. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where there were some actors that spoke, there were a lot of British actors, and they spoke in their British accents, and Tom Cruise did not try to do any kind of accent. He just spoke in his American voice. So I am not really sure what to do with that, because that, that kind of messes me up a little bit. Where you know, And if you watch some movies, they'll have, the bad guys always have an accent. The good guys are Americans, and the bad guys have an accent of some kind. Yeah. Like in the Star Wars movies, if you have a British accent, you're either Obi-Wan Kenobi or you're a bad guy. <laughs> and um, so I, I had a little bit of problem, a little bit of problem with that. Not too much. It'd be nice to be consistent. Yeah. But um, overall, I think, you know, the, the flow was good. I thought Tom Cruise really, really carried it off. Very well. The suspense was good. The Tom Wilkinson, Wilkinson character, the general he played, was that Albrecht? I wrote down here, Albrecht actor did great. Yeah. I don't remember who he was. He, he was the general who was kind of on the fence, wasn't really committing okay. himself to Valkyrie, and um, was sort of holding back so that he could, he'd be ready either way. And I thought, the first time I saw it, I thought, I don't get it. I don't get what he's doing. Is he in or is he not in? Is he in? Is he not in? And I think that's actually what he was trying to do, is yeah. not committing either way. As an actor. So that yeah. either either way, he, he could come out on top, which he did. Yeah. Um, One thing they left out was, was really was the punishment uh, doled out after well, the they conspirators. Shot. They were shot, yes, but there were other things that happened that okay. they really didn't talk about. Yeah. Then I thought that was interesting. I would have, even just notes at the end of the movie, I thought would have been better. Oh, like, yeah, uh, where they write it up and just stick it on the yeah. screen as it mm-hmm. is. Um, I did note the music was great, adding suspense, went yeah. really well with the action. Yeah. Uh, it seemed to be continually running under the action, but not too noticeable at yeah. all. Uh, pulsating, and it added to the tension. And, of course, the end, there was this tragic, angelic music during the credits. Yeah. Which I thought worked, which you may think is over the top. But, yeah. Uh, I thought it really worked well. <clears throat> Act, was, do you think it was accurate to the, to the events, as far as you know? Or, as yeah? far as I know, Yes. And but every time I watch it, and I've seen it twice or maybe three times now, I keep thinking if they had just moved that briefcase, uh huh, just not moved it on the other side side of that that table leg, leg, the whole war would have come out differently. Yeah, it would have been fascinating to see what how that would have changed history. Yeah, even in small ways. Yeah. Um, But but that scene when when the bomb went off was amazing, and then when the Valkyrie. kicked in and they were starting to make all their phone calls, you know, from their office. They right. were making all the phone calls to get the troops out and try to capture the, you know, immobilize the SS uh-huh. and all that with the phones ringing and people running around with paper. It was really very exciting. And then slowly, you know, the phones stopped ringing as fast and the reports are starting to come in like, oh, uh, Hitler, yeah. Hitler, we don't think he's dead. We haven't gotten the confirmation yet. The phone calls slow down people are slowing down because pretty getting, soon yeah. it's just like tom cruise and one phone i forgot that that's great yeah it was just like oh didn't work so close yeah so close very observant that's great yeah um it they it seemed authentic to me they moved the site of the first attempt from berkdesgarden to the wolf's lair in the film though oh they did yeah 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, Dr. Brendan Sims of Cambridge University, my good friend, mm-hmm. uh, felt it was very historically mm-hmm. accurate. Mm-hmm. Peter Hoffman, mm-hmm. professor of history at McGill University, another good friend of mine, Jeff, um, and a leading authority on the German resistance, was a consultant for the filmmakers. Oh, Hoffman spoke of the film's accuracy. Valkyrie gives a fundamentally, quote, accurate portrait of Stauffenberg and the conspirators. There are details which must be counted as liberties, but fundamentally the film is decent, respectful, and represents the spirit of the conspiracy. Yes. Um, And and that's always always something we talk about when a film is a historical film, how you balance that, the pacing required in a movie— and the compression of time with historical accuracy. And, you know, and can you watch that and then go to your history class and say, I know something about this? Can you, you know, do kids, do you ever wonder, do kids bring their knowledge of history from the movies? And is that okay? It's okay with me because it's always a place to start the conversation. Yeah. And um, sadly, they don't watch enough historical films. Mm. At all. Yeah. So much reality TV and Oof. just Instagramming each other. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's, they, they, you know, I, I I think, don't you guys know there were no computers in the Old West? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I've noticed don't that. Don't you remember those little phones where they had to pick it up and crank the crank? Yeah. And the operator lady was sticking all the wires in a big board? Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't. They don't know that. We've never watched We've that never stuff. We've never seen that. Yeah. Ever. Whereas we grew up on it, right? Gun we did, smoke yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But uh, McCory and Alexander were writers, and they researched the firsthand accounts to make the film, to write the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, photographs, newsreels, text. They also examined the Gestapo and SS records, which were very, very, of course, meticulous. I'm sure. And detailed yes. in reconstructing the events of the conspiracy. Yeah. So that, those were great sources to have. You know, the Germans, again, as I taught my kids when we learned about the Holocaust, documented everything so thoroughly that, yeah. you know, it was easy to get sources. Yeah. So so all in all, you'd say? Oh, fantastic. Uh, two thumbs up. Yeah, highly recommended. Well, two of my thumbs up. Yeah. And two, two of yours, mine as well. four thumbs up. Yeah. So Very definitely. We recommend it. And I'm, Jeff, it was great doing a movie review again. It that kind was of, nice. Yeah. Maybe well, that's... The, podcast we do yeah, it could be the books and films all right we'll talk about so, that anyway folks we're gonna wrap that thanks up. for listening we love you each and every one of you and we do we're glad you're our neighbors won't you be our neighbors <laughs> yes so until next time we're gonna say this is this time <laughs> yeah and roll remember low. yeah roll low and um <sighs> really well uh, <sighs> but not when you're now we are playing us.